Okay, enough, enough of all of this snow and all the talk about the snowfall, the accumulation, all of the cold weather. Let's look ahead to summer, shall we? Ontario's political parties, they've got June 2nd marked on their calendars because that is the date of the next provincial election. We've also got new polling out today regarding the election. And let's welcome in to break it all down for us, Kim Wright, principal at Wright Strategies, joins us now. Hey, Kim, good afternoon. Thanks as always for your time. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm thinking some warm thoughts right now. Yeah, I think we all are. We're trying our best to get uh, through this uh, <laughs> the last couple of days. I've certainly tried all of our patients. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Angus Reid survey out today. It says that only 30% uh, approve of the job that Premier Ford is doing right now. I mean, that's one in three approving of the uh, Premier. I mean, is that uh, good news for Ford and the Conservatives? Really bad news? Uh, somewhere in between. How do you see it? Look, there's time enough to recover from this, but if this this trend line continues to be down in this low 30s for him, that is not where he needs to be if he wants to retain a majority government. Um, and then you have this all on the heels of the Rod Phillips resignation on Friday afternoon. All of this starts to have a bit of a sinking feeling around the premier. He needs to turn that around, whether that's with the budget or some other good news stories. Um, but he 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 really is uh, having a challenge when people look at schools still, you know, kind of reopening. How are rapid tests being deployed? The vaccine rollout. All of that is the judgment of the managerial style of the premier. Um, so I I suspect Jeff, you're going to see a lot more of these sort of silly season type of promos like he did yesterday with the shoveling people out uh, as a way to say, hey, I'm a regular guy. I'm just like you. And, you know, you should keep me uh, in office and not, you know, those elites. But is that, uh, you know, how the Fords in particular and Doug Ford got to where he is? Is that kind of retail uh, politics? And doesn't that uh, play uh, really strongly to his base? Yeah, it plays to Ford Nation and his brother, former mayor Rob Ford, was extraordinary at doing that retail politics really authentically, bringing people out, bringing every, frankly, most senior staff uh, from the city of Toronto into a housing complex and saying, here, let's fix this, or bring them to a pothole that wasn't being fixed and say, let's fix this. It's a little harder to do with the provincial government because it is less retail less you know potholes and 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 such to fix but he's certain doug ford the premier is really trying to try to capture that magic that every man uh sort of uh, approach to this that his brother had trademarked so well into creating coordination this will play well in other communities it certainly uh will have a, a harder time breaking through uh some of the some of the urban centers Having said that, as you mentioned, the election is still a little ways away. And is there any doubt to him? I mean, this election is going to be fought and it's going to be won or lost over the pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic is the is the easy thing to say. You had an opportunity to govern differently. For the opposition members, it is to showcase how they would have done it differently. Uh, but for the premier, he now has a very strong record. The government and government services aren't some theoretical poli sci debate. People have not only either their 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 own loved ones in long term care, but they've seen the long term care sector. And if you had talked to people. Uh, 
for the last several elections about long-term care, it was kind of a theoretical thing. Maybe, you know, it's not such a great place. But now everyone has seen this lived experience. And the premier talked a great line about putting an iron ring around long-term care. He's being judged on that record very specifically. He's being judged on schools. Even people who do or don't have kids at school are judging him on how he's handling the school file. So that's very different than other, as I say, more theoretical election issues. Uh, So he's going to have to answer for that and say, what has he learned and what will he do better? For opposition leaders, they have the same opportunity to say how they would do it better uh, and a, in a more believable standpoint. But we're going to see that uh, see that election campaign play out, not just here in Toronto, but in every jurisdiction across the province, and in particular that 401 corridor from uh, Kitchener-Waterloo, Cambridge, down to Windsor. That's going to be the, the big battleground between Doug Ford and Andrea Horvath. Yeah, and it's the pandemic. If this election is going to be won or lost on the pandemic and the response, I'm just wondering too, Kim, how much of a factor Omicron is in this election happening just, you know, several months out from election day? And, you know, this is the variant that none of us saw coming. It's turned our lives upside down again. And I'm just uh, wondering what that means for the government and their election fortunes, because had Omicron not appeared and been here, maybe we would have been uh, all back reopened and closer to that uh, sense of normalcy that we're all craving. Yeah, we absolutely are craving that normalcy. What we're also looking for some of the practical, pragmatic solutions that we are expecting from governments. Look, let's be honest, these are no longer unprecedented times. After two years of doing this and third wave, fourth wave, some people call it a fifth wave we're in, We know what should be done, and each time the government has had a really challenging time on the logistics of rollout of rapid tests and rollout of vaccines, but they've also continued to stumble over their own messaging. If they expect to win re-election in June, they're going to have to pull up their proverbial socks uh, and run a better campaign than we've seen them run during, during the pandemic. How much of a factor will Stephen Del Duca and the Liberals be in this election, do you think? Uh, Kim, you mentioned Andrea Horvath and the NDP a second ago. They obviously have been very vocal critics of the uh, government during the pandemic. So has Mr. Del Duca, but are his attacks somewhat blunted by the fact that uh, he was part of the Wynn uh, government and, of course, with the McGinty Wynn government? Uh, you know, we've heard Doug Ford use his talking point time and time again that uh, you basically had 15 years to fix all this. Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of that around the liberal brand. The liberal brand in politics is incredibly strong. Mr. Del Duca's brand is not as strong. So he's very, will be painted both by Andrea Horvath and Doug Ford uh, and their surrogates as part of the problem. Uh, And I'm not sure he's got quite the right answer for that. He's got some interesting candidates that are running for him. But the leader's brand is going to be really a a bit of a challenge. He has still an opportunity to showcase that he is uh, ready to take control of Ontario, but he's going to have to overcome a lot of uh, not just the Kathleen Wynne years, which are problematic, and his own record as a minister, uh, but the fact that he's been in politics pretty much his entire life. So what would he do differently? How would he do differently? And I'm not entirely sure in a first campaign that Ontarians are ready to believe him. But voters do strange and fascinating things come election day. So uh, I I don't rule them out, but it is a harder climb for for Stephen Del Duca and the Liberals. 
And just finally, Andrea Horvath in the NDP going into this election in the summer. Is everything on the line here for Andrea Horvath in particular? Yeah, I mean, that is that is now becoming true of every leader. It, it is sort of almost a one and done unless they make some pretty substantial gains. One of the things that's been interesting about the Horvath conversation has been that, yes, she has been around for a long time, but her commitment to public service has actually been quite interesting. And, you know, listeners will remember that Bill Davis had been premier for, you know, two generations. Uh, and, and it really is, what is your commitment to public service and are you continuing to grow? I think that Andrea Horvath has realized after the last four years that being premier matters, who is in that job matters uh, in, a, in a much more profound way because of the pandemic and because of what she's gone through in her own family, losing a parent and, and such. And she is not only ready to take the reins, but wants to. And you're going to see over the coming weeks, she's got more money in the bank than I've ever seen out of New Democrats. They're spending that money on ad buys. They've got some really interesting candidates uh, that they're recruiting. Uh, so you'll see a really professional campaign coming out of them this time around. So it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Without a doubt. And uh, we will talk, uh, I am sure, uh, in the weeks and months ahead here as uh, with the countdown to the provincial election uh, continues, of course, coming up June the 2nd. Kim, always appreciate the time and the analysis. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Stay safe. Stay well. All right, you too. Kim Wright from Wright Strategies on that uh, new polling out today from uh, Angus Reid that says Premier Doug Ford, right now his uh, approval rating, uh, one in three Ontarians approve of the job that he is doing. That is his lowest approval rating since he took office. And we're back after a break. Stay with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.